McDonald's shareholders set to vote tomorrow on a proposal to study the risks of using plastic straws. Alaska Airlines will become the first U.S. carrier to eliminate plastic straws and use compostable wood ones instead. Welcome to the Eater Upsell, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is Amanda Clute, Editor-in-Chief of Eater. I'm joined, as always, by my star co-host, Daniel Janine. Hi, Daniel. Amanda, today we are talking about straws. We are dedicating a whole episode to straws. I feel like so much has changed in, in the way that people see straws and I see straws in the last three years, but even in the last month. Yeah, Things especially are going in the last month. Crazy. Um, for those who don't know... In, in 2015, there was a, a, a video of a straw being pulled out of a turtle's nose that went crazy viral. And since then, there have been a series of straw bans, companies announcing that they are phasing out straws. Mm-hmm. And um, even cities are now, some cities, uh, Seattle has, has declared itself a straw-free. Yeah, the, the UK wants to ban straws and other plastics and mm-hmm. other bad items by the end of this year. And I think we've seen a rise in the market of straw alternatives. Straw alternatives. So, Daniel, you yourself (laughs) bought a packet of metal straws. So here's the deal. Just this week. Somehow, and it really is for me, like, maybe I'm just so slow to pick up on these trends. But somehow, in the last two weeks, I've gone from someone who never considered a straw. And I just saw all the all the media, all the different promotional campaigns that we're going to talk about in this episode, and they just whizzed right by me. Mm-hmm. I have gone from someone who didn't think about it or care about it at all to someone who received plastic straws with my Starbucks or whatever this weekend and was scared and was mortified. And I was like, this, no. This, yeah, I was like, no, I shall thank not. You. <laughs> Even my friend, he's like, uh, we, so we are rest. you shaming people now? You see, he people was like, uh, "I'm getting a, going to go get a couple straws," and I was like, "You need a straw for your water and for your coffee." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to grab four straws for the two of them." And I was, I was so mad. Away. I was so mad, right? But uh, like, this is ten days. You know, I was in a meeting with someone last week who got shamed for talking about buying books on Amazon and for having a straw in his iced coffee. So yeah, we're going to talk about how we got here, mm-hmm. what the real numbers are, and then we're going to talk to a guy named David Rhodes, who is the global business director of Aardvark Straws. Aardvark Straws supposedly make the United States only paper straw and what is generally considered to be the best paper straw on the market. We're going to talk to him about just the explosion in side sales. Side note. Whoa, side note alert. One of the hardest people to get on the phone. Am I right? Oh my God. It is boom time for them. To get a better sense of how straws are affecting the planet, we're talking to Sam Athey. She is a PhD researcher at the University of Toronto and a member of the Plastic Ocean Project. Why straws? Why are people so focused on straws when there are so many plastics that are out there polluting our our waterways? Yeah, that's a great question. So plastic straws are pretty prevalent in the the marine environment, and we know firsthand that they have negative effects on marine organisms. They make up 3% of the litter that's found on beaches, which doesn't sound like much, but that's at, that's over 10 million straws. And that's only the, the straws that have been like actually documented and recorded. There's been a lot of straws obviously picked up around that. So that's definitely an underestimate. So there's a lot of plastic straws out in the marine environment where they can take centuries to break down. 
So these things are out there. They um, are plastic, so they absorb and leach harmful pollutants. They're being ingested by marine life, and they're slowly breaking down into smaller and smaller pieces where they can be ingested by the smallest animals in the food chain, um, plankton. And so um, people are always, you know, like, oh, well, can't you recycle straws? And it's kind of tricky. So straws are actually made of polypropylene, which is normally recyclable. Um, however, they're due to their small size and because they're lightweight, they're not sorted properly in the recycling facility. So they often end up um, being lost and ended, end up in landfills. And that lightweight, small size also contributes to why they're lost so often and they escape into the marine environment. You might have a plastic straw that blows away from you, or you might see plastic straws that are falling out of an uh, overflowing garbage can or something like that. Um, really anywhere on their journey from being in your hands and the landfill, there's potential for them to be lost into the marine environment. And so the concern is we use so many plastic straws, uh, not only in the U.S., but around the world. You've probably heard the statistic that we use 500 million plastic straws in the U.S. Um, every day. One of the best things about plastic straws is how easy the solution is. So it's easy enough for most of us to say, I don't need a straw, or I can bring my own reusable straw or use some alternative to a plastic straw. And so um, the plastic, I think why, why it's um, easier to focus on this form of single-use plastic is that it's such, it's a global problem, but it has everyday solutions that everyone can play a part in. Right. Like it's easier to call these from your daily life than a plastic cup or a lid something. Yeah. Yeah. When you hear the common pushback against this whole movement that like straws huh. are 10% of the problem or like, what about the whole rest of the coffee cup? Um, you're saying yeah. that straws way pull their weight in terms of damage. Yeah. And so I, they do, but, but it is true. Like they only make up a small fraction of what's out there. And I kind of see this, I, I see also see this argument a lot, especially after the recent Starbucks announcement. Starbucks will stop offering plastic straws in its stores by the year 2020. But people are kind of missing the point. Yes, the point is to ban plastic straws in part, but Banning, like, sure, banning one single-use item isn't going to save the ocean, but we're making hundreds of thousands of people around the world, individuals and large corporations and small family businesses and restaurants, aware of their plastic footprint. And though, you know, one single-use item, banning one single-use item might not save the ocean, making all of these people aware of how one small decision, like, to, whether or not to use this forgettable piece of plastic, this tiny piece of plastic, can actually have a huge impact on our planet. And so when people start to realize these things, you know, that's where saving the oceans and saving the planets come in. That, that will save the oceans. Also, I think a lot of places are starting by just putting other options out there. Like you uh -huh. have your plastic straws, but also here are some other compostable straws or here are some paper straws. So people have the option yeah. or the, at least they start thinking about it versus um, mm -hmm. outright bans everywhere. And not everyone needs a straw. And like even if um, even even if we don't ban straws, like even if straws aren't being banned, even if they're only given out upon request, 80 percent of us don't ask for straws, which is awesome. And so 
that's another part of the thing when people are saying, oh, well, what is one straw going to do? You know, like we're um, banning this one type of plastic. This is just a step. This is not where we stop fighting. You know, we're going to go after paper cups and lids. We're going to redesign them, um, avoid, you know, um, moving away from single use plastics. This is just a step. And it's really, really encouraging to see these major corporations, which don't have to make this change, making this change and jumping on board. And it makes me excited to see what they're going to do next. So what's it feel like for you to be part of this uh, part of this wave right now? Yeah, I mean, it's just encouraging for me because I've been like five years ago, I had no idea this was an issue. And then I started during my undergraduate research, you know, focusing in on plastic pollution. And um, my research involved um, marine animals, well, sea turtles specifically, ingesting plastics. And um, that's through my research, I really learned about the extent of this problem and just like naturally this, you know, like wanted to know what are the solutions? Like, what can I do? What can I encourage other, encourage other people to do? And getting involved with the Plastic Ocean Project, I really was able to um, learn the skills of outreach and education and how important it is to make people aware of their impacts and their plastic footprint. Um, mm. But the plastic straw thing is really encouraging, but I really only see it as a step. I think we're going to, we need to go forward because the health of the ocean, which ultimately is the health of the planet, really depends on us curbing our plastic use. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. It's super helpful and really informative. Yeah, no worries. Up next, Eater's Brenna Hauk explains how straws became everyone's favorite topic. When do you think this became a mainstream movement to start banning plastic straws? This all sort of started in 2015 with a turtle video. It's a freaking straw. Don't fucking tell me it's a freaking straw. It's freaking. It's a freaking straw up her freaking nostril. That's plastic. Watching that video was, I think, very impactful for a lot of people, and it's obviously gotten, like millions of views, millions on YouTube, and then it, you know, picked up steam elsewhere to uh, places that were writing about plastics and plastic pollution would often uh, link back to this video as kind of a reminder of the impact that it has on wildlife that resonated with a lot of people, people like cute animals. Oh my God, she has a freaking piece of plastic. Okay, didn't we have this discussion the other day of how useless freaking straws are? So this is the reason why we do not need plastic straws. How could that have possibly got lodged so firmly in the nostril? I don't know how deep and I don't want to pull it if it's like a touch of a brain stuff. That turtle video hit and then after that there was still like a building movement where environmentalists were pushing for... Um, people to abandon straws. Uh, there's this organization, this sort of f- funny organization uh, organized by Adrian Grenier. Hey everyone, I'm Adrian Grenier, and I'm here to talk to you about something that sucks plastic straws. Entourage star Adrian Entourage Grenier. star, or better known by my um, childhood as the guy from Drive Me Crazy. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> you suck. Here are some simple ways to stop sucking. He created this organization called The Lonely Whale, which uses social media 
to uh, get people to ditch straws and they have this slogan that's stop sucking hashtag stop sucking dan jones sucks i've been sucking on tv since i was 10. everywhere i could suck i would suck they're very good at getting celebrities to share these things on their social media accounts instagram and twitter and um adrian grenier himself is good at kind of working his way into various events and kind of bringing these issues up. Starbucks, man, get it together, man. You have all the power. You have international company, huge footprint. And your straws, your green straws, are ending up on my beaches. So get your shit together. So he actually appeared at a um, Starbucks shareholders meeting earlier this year. That's kind of a funny twist on this whole thing is um, they've been very effective at implementing uh, strategies to get people on social media to jump on the anti-straw campaign. Earlier this year, Seattle announced that it was going to finally ban altogether uh, businesses handing out plastic straws and um, plastic utensils, and that was uh, the largest city to do such a, a, an extreme ban. Um, and that just actually came into effect in June, but obviously uh, restaurants and businesses have been kind of making that transition already. These environmental groups have been very effective at getting businesses on board with their cause, which I think is also helping to influence the larger industry. It's not necessarily just, for example, Starbucks just announced... Um, this week, and that's maybe the largest uh, chain in the world to announce that they're going to start to move away from plastic straws. Okay, so we have municipalities that are banning plastic straws. We have more of a grassroots restaurant by restaurant, cafe by cafe movement. And then you have giant chains like Starbucks. And I think what, what else do we see? A&W a- in Canada? Intelligentsia in Canada. McDonald's UK, I think. Yeah. McDonald's UK is starting to do it. McDonald's has um, their shareholders voted down a resolution to uh, start working on eliminating straws elsewhere. So we'll see if that kind of holds up over time. So what does it mean for McDonald's uh, in the UK to say they're like phasing out straw? Does that mean they're working on a straw replacement or they're just like, sorry, we don't have straws? You know, I think that they are looking at alternatives to to plastic straws. So a lot of businesses are looking at like paper straws or just like not giving out straws, like a straw on request option. Um, With McDonald's in the UK, um, it was kind of, I think, talked about in relation to this suggestion that the UK might completely ban plastic straws. Theresa May raised this as an option potentially to happen by the end of the year. So that put pressure on McDonald's UK to start Mm -hmm. thinking of alternatives. And with the UK banning straws or even in Seattle, like what does a ban actually look like? Does it mean, you know, if I get caught with a huge shipment of plastic straws, like I'm getting locked up or (laughs) what actually happens? Um, Well, in the case of Seattle, you uh, businesses that get caught giving out straws are um, they have a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. Um, which is pretty, it's pretty significant for a small business, I think. Um, it's pretty strict. I don't know exactly how they're enforcing that. Mm-hmm. I assume it's city inspectors, but they also have exemptions, though. Uh, if 
places, certain places are having trouble transitioning over to the new, new ban, then I think they've given them some kind of grace period to change their practices. And there are a lot of exceptions, right? Like in, including exceptions for people with disabilities. And they're, they're making exceptions for people with disabilities, but they're not really making that very well known to businesses, I think. Um, and so it becomes very confusing, uh, mm-hmm. I think, for, for businesses and for customers to know what they can and can't do. And obviously for people with disabilities, um, straw alternatives are not necessarily uh, going to work. They can be dangerous for certain people that have um, issues controlling their jaw. And uh, if you have trouble drinking without a straw, um, that can kind of also limit the experiences that you get to have. Um, It's not all that easy even for people to necessarily clean a uh, reusable straw, um, especially if you have limited mobility. So um, those are issues that have come up particularly this week after uh, the Seattle ban went into effect and after the conversation about Starbucks came to light. Amanda, we've, we're hiring a couple people right now. We are. It's a pain, right? It can be, yes. It's also very exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting to bring new people on board. It's a pain to sift through all the resumes mm-hmm. and deal with so many people who are inappropriate for the job. Uh, you always say that some people just apply to everything, and there are people whose resumes you have to read, and they have just abs- zero, zero applicable experience. Yeah. So, you know, wouldn't it be nice if there was a tool that sorted through all of these resumes for you? That would be very nice. Well, did you know? I'm sure you know at this point. I do. But ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. ZipRecruiter is so effective, in fact, that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That's very fast. You know, eat, sleep, rave, repeat, and by the time you're done, you've got a candidate. You've got some candidates. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free with this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash eat. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-A-T. ZipRecruiter.com slash eat. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. It sure is. One of the things our new obsession with plastic straws has done is created crazy demand for alternative straws. I was at my local coffee shop and they had switched to paper and had then switched back to plastic straws. And I said, hey, guys, you know, what's going on with the plastic? And they said, you can't get the good paper straws anywhere. So I wanted to talk to someone that's actually making them. This is David Rhodes. He is the global business director at Aardvark Straws, which is the largest paper straw manufacturer in the country. And it is a good time to be a paper straw manufacturer. They have seen ridiculous growth over the past 10 years, but specifically over the past two years. I just called you and I I referred to you as the busiest man in in America. And you said the world. You you think so? Well, no, of course not. You know, come on, it's straws. (laughs) We, we, all of the, all of Team Aardvark is extremely busy right now. Aardvark Straws exists under the company Precision Products Group. They make plastic and paper tubing, medical devices, and all kinds of packaging needs. 
One of the reasons that Precision Products Group was set up so perfectly to make paper straws is that one of their companies that is no longer active is called Stone Industries. Stone Industries created the first paper straw in 1880 and produced it all the way up to the 60s and 70s until plastic straws took over. Can you give us just a quick uh, a quick history of the of the company? A little more than 10 years ago, we started to get calls um, from SeaWorld, from zoos, from other aquariums, from Disney. You know, if Flipper eats a plastic straw, it kills him. If Flipper eats a paper straw, he poops it out. It's that simple, right? And so we got back into the business and, you know, it was wildly successful and was growing. I mean, literally every year the business was doubling, um, but from a small base. And when we brought back the drinking straw, we knew we couldn't bring back the one from the 60s and the 50s, you know, because the, the consumers right. just wouldn't put up with it because uh, they got soggy and fall apart. <laughs> so we re-engineered a new straw. We learned to print on it. Oh, my gosh, it went crazy um, because now it wasn't just environmental. It was also fun. At that point, unfortunately, China copied us, copied us poorly with printing and the, the, the straws that you would see in Walmart, Target, Hobby Lobby, Michaels, Joann's, you know, I call them the soccer mom straws, you know, that you buy for birthdays. Um, those all come from China because they're a little pack of 12 or 24 and they're a couple bucks. But those still get soggy. Those still fall apart. They'll turn your child's milk red. And so mm-hmm. paper straws kind of got a bad name. And a lot of people still, you'll see posts out there. Paper straws are terrible. They fall apart. They get soggy. Don't, you know, I had to use four of them in my drink. Those aren't mm-hmm. aardvark straws. So, you know, present day, it's aardvark made in the USA, and it's straws that come from China. There, there's, no, there's no others. So now others will come, but present day, we're the only manufacturer on this continent. How many were you selling in the first year? Well, you know, it, it was still millions. I mean, not not insignificant. So it's gone from millions to hundreds of millions to now we're in the billions doubling a business every year is one thing right but now we've seen it grow 50 times in just a couple of years and again you know it sounds like a lot but a billion straws is used on the planet every day plastic um it's a big space it's a big space the biggest issue people have seemed to have forgotten this because that's human nature back in the 60s when it was just paper it took the plastics mm-hmm. industry about a decade to build capacity on plastic straws to replace paper. I mean, you just don't flip mm-hmm. a switch and go from one technology to another because the machines that make paper straws can't make plastic and vice versa. And so, of course, today you've got this behemoth market that uses a billion plastic straws a day, and everybody wants now paper straws and not just any paper straw. They want the aardvark straw because it actually works. And it takes time. Now, it will not take us a decade. It won't take the industry a decade, but it's going to take a couple of years. Machines to make paper straws just aren't laying around. They have to be built. They have to be fabricated. And the real interesting thing is, and one of the reasons that an aardvark straw works and a China doesn't, there's still some artisan in it. You know, that there's an art to, even though you've got the equipment, the way the process that we make a straw to make it quality 100% of the time, that's that takes an operator, you know, months of training to be able to do that. So it, it's not like you push a button and you sit back and watch it. It, it doesn't work that way. It, it, well, it works that way if you're in China. 
you know, you've probably seen in the news that there have been some large chains um, just to the north of us that with the initials of A&W. They have, you know, they were the first with a 1,000 stores. So those are going to be all aardvark straws. But those all don't happen at one time. So when we sign an agreement that will basically provide dedicated capital to that organization, it takes a few months to get the equipment in, get the operators trained. Then you start phasing in. You do the first 25 stores, then mm-hmm. the next 100, then the next 200 and 500. And in about four or five months period, then they've got a full ramp up. McDonald's alone could say, we're going now, and they would try to buy up all the capacity, and nobody else would get a straw. So that's not fair. <laughs> so right. um, so we're trying to, to manage you know, near-term capacity with obviously we're going to take care of those customers that have been with us for many, many years. You know, the Disney's, the Sea Worlds. We're going to take care of environmentally sensitive areas, areas that have straw mm-hmm. bands. We have responsibility, you know. You know, Santa Cruz, California, Malibu, Fort Myers Beach, Miami Beach, Seattle, um, and all these upcoming bands, well, they don't have a choice. And I know it's right. hard to tell someone in Omaha you're not as important as Malibu, but that's the reality. Um, I, I saw a quote that you said last year being, I guess, 2017, you grew 5,000%. What was actually said was that we had seen about a, a 50x, which does, I guess, convert to 5,000%. Um, but yes, we've seen, we've seen over a 50x increase in our business activity. And, and, you know, at the rate it's going, uh, that that number could be achieved again next year. <laughs> and But this previous month has been your biggest month ever, right? Every week is our biggest week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> every month is our biggest month, and it just continues to go and go and go. It's pretty amazing. It really is. Yeah. Why are you so angry with the uh, with the imports? Is it just because there's this huge market now, and so they are eating up a lot of it? No, and I, I know I shouldn't come across that way. Um, <laughs> my apologies. It, it's, not, it's just not now. You know, even years ago, we actually attempted to help the, mm-hmm. our competitors in China to produce, you know, at least a quality safe product because, you know, one bad apple can ruin, you know, a lot. And, and for we've spent right. the last three or four years trying to educate the public that, that there is a difference, that the difference is clear if it doesn't, you know, made in the USA. Um, and they just, refi- they, they wouldn't even listen. Matter of fact, they just said they don't care. And yeah, I love competition. I think competition, but it needs to be done on a fair and level playing field. And in the past, they, they haven't been fair. You know, I, I don't want to use words that are too strong, but you know, they'll, they'll, they'll give you a certificate or a piece of paper saying that they're, when they, when they import into the U S that they've been tested and they're food safe. And then we will have their straws tested by a third party. <laughs> they always yeah. fail. They always fail. And so wow. we all know how those games play. We, we've seen how things happen with melamine and other things coming. So again, I, I we love competition. Competition is good for all mm-hmm. of us, but only when it's on a level and fair playing field. What is special about your your actual machine? Like I've heard you guys have a closed factory policy. Um, do you do you still have a patent on the straw that you're producing? We have a patent on the EcoFlex, which is the bendy straw, and so we yeah. have the only one of that. Um, unfortunately, trying to just patent the regular paper drinking straw, 
um, our patent attorney said, you really just can't go there. There's not anything. Yes, what you're doing is unique, but not patentable. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy. And you guys have a coating, right? We don't use any coatings. It's just paper. You know, it's a special grade of paper. It's a special adhesive. It's it, it's obviously food grade. You and I literally could drink the glue. We could eat the paper. The inks that we print with, we could drink. It, it's that safe, right? So is the is the is this the process simply? Is it what it was like? You know, when they first started making them, are you winding paper around a tube? The basic process of of spiral winding uh, paper um, literally is is fundamentally the same from since eighteen eighty eight. It's obviously a lot faster. It's a lot more consistent. But the the process of taking ribbons of paper and winding them in a helix fashion um, is the same. And it's the same. Basic technology is the same whether it's a toilet paper tube, whether it's a Pringles potato chip can. Or whether it's a paper straw. Can we talk about the the, the video in, in 2015? Like you said, you were growing consistently, you know, year over year. But I'm assuming some of these major events have just caused like massive spikes, right? In calls or in, in demand? The first one was the, the turtle video with Christine in, in Costa Rica. And, and she's a yeah. young lady that, that we've known and we help support. Um, so so that, was, that was probably the very first one that really took it took the work that a lot of people had been doing to and, to, and really created the mass awareness. And what was like yeah. the week after that like for you? You know, I, I'd have to go back and check the statistics, but we saw certainly, you know, a 300, 400% increase in web traffic and, and phone calls um, and inquiries. If you could just snap your fingers and make infinite straws, you said you're doing about a billion a year now, but like how many could you actually sell? Now we're doing billions. I mean, let me say okay. that we went from being we went from the early days, you know, year one doing millions, then the next year of hundreds yeah. of millions to doing billions. How many? How many billions are you guys doing? Lots. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Right, but like but tens, um, like tens. Yeah, I, I really can't. I wish I could give out numbers like that. But again, being a family company, we're kind of guarded mm-hmm. with some of that information. So I can't tell you how many employees or how many machines. And- Are you guys also innovating? The complaint I hear from bartenders is that paper breaks down more quickly when there's alcohol involved. Do you guys have R&D going on on site? You know, we do. And um, we have done both internal and third party studies that look at all substrates, whether it's alcohol or milk or all of those things, and we don't find <clears throat> that the type of fluid has an impact. You know, a lot of the bartenders that we that we finally that have had those issues, then when we finally get back to them, and again, we're not perfect. You know, we screw up every now and then, but most of the time, we find out that it was a china straw. It wasn't an aardvark straw, and then when we give them the aardvark straw and say, "Hey, try this one," it works. Now, sometimes, I mean, even the best aardvark straw on the planet. If you're a person that likes to take your straw and use it as a massive stirrer and chunk it around in your eyes, it ain't going to mm-hmm. work. You know, that's a 15-yard penalty. That's, that's illegal use of a paper straw, and it, it's just not going to work. So it, it is different. There has to be education to the consumer. I mean, but it still works. If you, if you put it in the beverage and, you know, treat it with a little love, 
it, it will last hours. Anything keeping you up at night these days? Not really. I mean, this is an amazing thing. It's from what we, from what a lot of smart people tell us that we're dealing with an unprecedented, never occurred before conversion of something to something this fast. It just hasn't happened. And so um, it's exciting. It's, it's humbling. <laughs> um, yeah. So, again, it's really just about getting, um, you know, the word out to people that, hey, it's, it's, it, it will get better. You know, nobody likes – everyone was spoiled that they could call up and get their plastic straws in two or three days. No one likes to wait two or three months for anything, our instant gratitude society. You know, but we're in that period right now of trying to satisfy a lot of people on a lot of fronts. Um, but as yeah. we go into next year, it, it will return, now maybe not back to days, but probably weeks, but it will get better. And so we're just asking for everybody's patience and planning and understanding that there are priorities. So any, uh, have you had to turn down any super important people from getting a box of straws? You know, we're not trying to turn anybody away, but we're also realistic and to say, okay, we can get you some of these. I mean, just for example, yesterday, someone called and said the All-Star game is Saturday. Major League Baseball in D.C. They don't want to have any plastic straws there. Can you get them there? We did. Okay. Um, there was a, a concert going on in California in a marine environment in three weeks, and they needed a lot of straws that would normally have a 12- to 14-week lead time. We got them there in four days. So we're taking care of those areas and those big events to where to help promote awareness and to, to keep this thing going in the right fashion. So, but anytime you do that, obviously it pushes something else out. So there's give and take, there's give and take, but um, you know, we're just sitting with people on a, on an hourly daily basis and looking to the future and we're building in capacity, you know, um, for, for 2019 and beyond. Dave Rhodes, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you guys for what you do. Appreciate it. Daniel, what did you learn? What is what is your takeaway? Um, Have you been enjoying your metal straw for the past five days that you've been using it? What is my takeaway from this whole thing? It's fun because this thing, you know, I... Yes. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I, I it's a blast. I, I said this to you earlier, but there are there. Are, I feel like there are so many tough decisions we're gonna like we have to make as a society, and this is an easy one that I think everyone can can get behind. And it's like we don't really need them, so you know, let's let's pull them away and then let's we get can... rid of the superfluous thing. Yeah. In our lives, if you are disabled, there will always be an option for you still. But other than that, I don't see the argument against all of this plus so many new friends you know you see someone who's not using a straw they're part they're on the same team mm-hmm. and new enemies and when just you go see talk people to who are using straws that's true which i enjoy always <laughs> 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 brooding <laughs> all right we hope you like this straw themed episode of the eater upsell uh, if you have any comments or feedback please write to upsell at eater.com uh, and please share it with a friend if you want to speak further with any of our experts, their information will be in the description. And that's all we have for you. See you next week with some more fun stuff. 